Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. I'm Nick the Human. Episode 112. Is that a magic number? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a magical mystery number. I don't know what it does. <laughs> it seems like it, like 112 means something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, should, should we go down the rabbit hole and see what YouTube has to say? <laughs> No, we won't do that. Uh, I won't make you do that off the top. That's that's just... So you Google, what does number 112? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, what does number 112 mean? But I, I didn't get there. <laughs> what is it? it uh, it's an emergency assistance number. What is it? What is the angel number one to? What is an angel number? Huh. Um is sent to you when your guardian angels are about to send you a new opportunity and they want you to look out for it. Okay. That's interesting. (laughs) All right. Now this is on one Oh one planners.com slash numerology slash one twelve angel number. (laughs) Just setting my sources. (laughs) It's a reputable website. It looks reputable to me. One Oh one planners. What is this? Are you getting ads for guitar pickups? Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. Well, one twelve. Okay, let's look out for the new opportunities. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. Busy weeks for both of us. Um. Yeah. Um, why don't you just should we just talk about the episode for once? It's f- <laughs> for once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's fresh in our minds. We can bullshit. I have some other shit I was gonna bullshit on, but why don't we just start here and then we can bullshit? Yeah, you got plenty of bullshit. Um, all right, episode discussion. Episode discussion. Okay, so we watched season five, episode eight, Mystery Dungeon. Yes. This is an episode that is centered all around side characters. Yeah. And some of the best side characters in the whole thing. Um, We've got Tree Trunks, Shelby, Lemon Grab, Ice King, and Nectar. The five of them come together to form a unit and find their way out of a dungeon now what was the other episode where all the side characters come together they're on like a bus is that thanks to the crab apples oh yeah well i mean they were like that was sort of an ice king episode and then ice king's like extra group of friends so we did see the the life-giving magi uh dana snyder's character in this episode Mm -hmm. i don't know what he was doing he didn't say anything no and i don't know remember where in that character's arc we were because in this episode in this episode it seemed very mysterious yeah this is this the this could be the introduction i'm wondering to the life wait here we go oh yeah 
Ancient sleeping magi of life giving. Let's see appearances. <clears throat> oh, this is the debut. Yeah, debut. Okay. Little little dude is like the real debut. Yeah, this is a minor appearance. Yeah, little dude, with, and then after little <clears throat> when dude. Was, when was that? That was also in the fifth season. Yeah, two episodes later. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, so it's like, okay, so Ice King woke him up. Yeah. All right. So this has some plot implications for the series. Cool. It sets the stage for this for Dana Snyder's character, the side character. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Um. So that's interesting. Yeah. But okay. So basically the, all five of them wake up in a weird room and they don't know how they got there. And immediately they're like lemon grabs reading the walls. And then they're just put into an Indiana Jones type situation where they have to get out of this weird ancient cave. Yeah. I feel like a lot of TV shows at one point or another do an episode where all the characters wake up like not knowing how they got there and have to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, so this is a little bit of a trope it's funny because it's all characters that we don't expect <laughs> it's the kind of the that probably never hang out yeah <laughs> uh is it tree trunks that names everyone incorrectly yes i don't i don't know if she i guess she names everyone incorrectly she calls immediately calls ice king ice cream which yeah. is very funny and then uh <clears throat> at the end of the episode she calls lemon grab lemon carb um, and then did she call Shelby? Is she, I think she knows Shelby's name. Yeah. Nectar. I don't know. I, I don't think anyone, I thought she called him Nectar. Or something. Oh, maybe. Okay. I was gonna say, I don't know if anyone even really re- speaks directly about or to Nectar. <laughs> <laughs> Not even his own father. Everyone goes out of their way to ignore Nectar. Yeah. Most ignorable character in the, in the series. Yes. And at this point they're, they're playing on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're like in this dungeon and yeah, I mean, you immediately get insane lemon grab. Now, this is where we have to talk about the elephant in the room, which is lemon grab, one of the notoriously most fun, insane characters we all love on this viewing is just not hitting the same in oh, yeah. the, the light of Justin Roiland's uh Right. So this is the first, deeds. this is the first lemon grab episode we've done in a while. And the first yeah. since all the Justin Roiland shit went down. And previously, I think we've been uh, very positive about Justin Roiland on this podcast. So yeah. I'd like to officially retract all statements about that. Yeah. Um, dis- just disappointing. And just, I don't know. It, it sucks because Lemon Grab w- was such a bright. I'm glad that we actually got a lot of Lemon Grab done before Justin Roiland selfishly. Um, and like the, the episode we did the Craig so we could enjoy it. Before now, it's forever tainted. Um, yeah. I think, well, and so we've talked a, a lot about this off the pod, but uh, I think everyone's perception of Justin Roiland's like creative input in, certainly in Rick and Morty, but like extending to like a show like this too, yeah. has been vastly overblown. Yeah. Where like... I think, and I think a lot of a lot of my perspective on that came from reading the Rick and Morty art book, where it talked a lot about Justin Roiland and, and barely mentioned Dan Harmon, uh-huh. um, because Justin Roiland was just the first person to draw everything. Yeah, but and then he voiced once, it too. Yeah, but w- once it sort of existed, he kind of fucked off and like wasn't around for much of the creative thing. So I think it's a lot easier knowing that that like his his creative input was 
it it didn't carry these characters. It didn't no. carry the story. No. Um. I, so it's it, like I I don't know who they got to replace him, but he is replaceable. Mm-hmm. It's not like um like he was instru- instrumental and necessary for for these stories. Well, to keep going, no, but they're pretty signature performances that are idiosyncratic to him and someone else could do them. We've definitely. Right. But he did create the the rhythm of these characters and the the vocal performances which are pretty iconic at this point, um which sucks. But they can keep going without him, but he did. And I think it's I think it's weird. I think I hear what you're saying. It's interesting that you re- read the book. It seems like through the articles that I read that it was a conscious thing to kind of make him a cult figure in a marketing way because people like it was beneficial. Like and for marketing the show, you could have this sort of guy there. Um, I think it really shows is and I felt this way over the years sometimes that sometimes I kind of question like we all think we believe like like a band or a show is like because of this one person, but then like it might not actually, like, I think we all as fans of things yeah. think we know more than we do. I I've become acutely aware that, that that's not how bands operate and that people think that way about bands all the time. And they can operate that way, but they don't always. <laughs> right. Um, just, just like just how the, uh, the fan perception is so vastly different than, than the reality, reality. all the time. And like, yeah. and I didn't even like consider that uh, with like, you know, something like this. And it's like, oh yeah. So Justin Roiland may not have been as big a player as it was, as he was propped up to be. Yeah. And we think they are. And like, you see the person out front and you think that they're the creative masterminds or whatever. And not always. Um, Very interesting. Uh, And just disappointing too. And just like another weird troubled guy that got a lot of, power and leeway and then misused it yeah. uh continuously and 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 it's interesting they talk about how he knew since he was the, the the voice actor they couldn't get rid of him is what he thought and that's why he was doing it and then like was sort of abusing that power that way um, yeah well jokes on him there because tiktok is full of lemon grab impersonators yeah <laughs> lots of rick and morty dudes um so we'll see. But anyway, I mean, Lemon Grab is still funny in this episode, but just is a little different. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the shot of Lemon Grab detaching his jaw to eat. One, who, who is he going to eat? Ice King? Uh, yeah. I don't know if they, at that point he, they were up top, but yeah, but he does demand to eat Ice King. What do you taste like? And is going to eat him immediately after getting into a dungeon without looking for any sort of solutions. <laughs> solutions to get out yeah so funny yeah. the shot the shot of him opening his his mouth is terrifying yeah in a hilarious way so funny um <laughs> um yeah so basically they go through a series of mazes and at some point who who says this seems isn't this weird that this is exactly fitting to like our skills does ice king say uh, that yeah it was ice king why does he he okay so he created this situation but then he's the first person to bring up weirdness or doubts about it why did he do that? uh i think he was like trying to be encouraging ah i think he was like oh isn't it interesting that uh we needed 
tree trunk specific skill set to to get us through that first that first uh, puzzle. So like, weird. Like who's the next person gonna gonna be to to get us out of this? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like the first puzzle, they have to exit a door. Uh, Lemon grab figures it out because he can mem- memorize things really well. He's infallible recall or something. Yeah. And and use it to get out. Then they get into a uh, pie. They get into this thing where he's going to eat. And then they have the materials for a pie. The pie opens a new trap door where a rat is, um, which is probably one of the most memorable parts of the episode. <laughs> They're going to eat it. A, rat, a giant rat comes out and eats it. And then Lemon Grab decks it, like hits it multiple times till it's passed out and starts eating out of its mouth. The fucking rats. Someone call Eric Adams. Yeah. Or the rats are. <laughs> What's her name? Do you know? The what? The rat czar. The rat czar? Yeah. Clooney? Do, do you know? No, 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 dude. Clooney the Scourge? So, Eric Adams. Oh, uh, he appointed a rat czar? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The first ever rat czar. And they have like a multi-million dollar budget to take care of the rat problem. Just to put fucking rat poison all over Transmitter Park? Is that part of their plan? Maybe. Dude, have you been seeing like all the signs for the rat poison going up? No, you sent that <laughs> over. Yeah, right. And and uh, you know the, uh, the Franklin Street community garden yeah there's signs up there saying do not put rat poison here oh <laughs> like God. it kills more than just rats yeah <laughs> you fucking idiots <laughs> kathleen Corradi. um <clears throat> he said everyone knows um everyone that knows me knows one thing i hate rats is what yeah, Eric yeah Adams you fucking said. cop <laughs> um well rats have been perennial problem complaints have increased over the years um the rat population look at this graph though super high uh, How did it jump so much during the pandemic? I, I, that is a great question. It really did increase. Like, it's not just like, oh, we're aware of this problem. It's like, there are more rats. There's like 10,000 more rats. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's a lot of rats. Um, you know, the thing for rats for me is that they don't really do anything to me. Uh, so it's like, fine. I, I should, maybe should read the article to understand. Uh, people in New York have a really huge fear of them. But to me, they don't, they're not going to come after humans and they're like, like, they just want love. They're just going to take care of they, shit and uh, eat bugs and trash. So it's like, who gives a shit? They, but I told you the one time a rat tried to jump in my lap and I was sitting <laughs> on a park bench. <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, but it does seem to be a problem. They said like in Harlem is like a huge concentration. <clears throat> they're going there first. So mm. my, my feelings might change if the rat, problem was like that overwhelming uh anyway yeah rats are um back to the episodes then they (laughs) i want eric adams to personally punch every rat in the face but like like lemon grab like lemon grab that's the Um, only solution that i will approve of yeah i mean the other solution which is insane is that there's this fish in the water and they lower (laughs) tree trunks in his bait with a knife and you're like okay she's just gonna fight the fish and then it immediately eats her (laughs) But it becomes clear part of the plan is that then they would pull her out because she was the bait on the fish. And then she could knife her way out of the stomach to which she says, I was reborn. Really wild plan. <laughs> I can't Tree, believe Tree it. Trunks sort of just like glides through this whole episode, just making comments and being hilarious. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you found her hilarious and not creepy this time. <laughs> yeah. She didn't do anything creepy in this no. episode. Um, which is, which is welcomed. Uh, no sexual stuff there's a good later on in it when they all get suspicious of ice king like what the hell have you been doing she does give a really good um 
tree trunks monologue where she's going on for a long time. And I find that very funny. Yeah. And all, all the characters are kind of, it's, it's going on longer than it needs to. It feels longer than it needs to. Yeah. And and all the characters are like kind of bored with it. It's like, and <laughs> I'm like, what is she even fucking saying? It's just, it's taking her a long time to say every word. And yeah. I'm just like waiting. The vocal performance <laughs> is very funny. It's like, I wonder if they just kind of, Asked her to keep making up stuff as she went along or something, because uh, it sounds very natural. It's like her. I think that's one of the charms of why maybe I love her so much is that the the vocal performance is just so not by a professional voice actor, and it sounds so real. There's a couple moments in the episode that really hit that. Um, yeah, but so basically, Ice King assembled them all because they had to get through all of this to get to the the magi of life-giving yeah and the one thing i don't understand is that how did he know what all of the puzzles were going to be to assemble because he assembled that group of people because they were perfect for each puzzle in the dungeon how did he know what puzzles were in the dungeon did he have a key or something yeah i don't know maybe he um just did some actual legwork (laughs) and research and like knew what it was that's possible yeah because Ice King can be goal oriented, um, and he he wanted to throw his fan fiction of Fiona and Cake into the life giving flame to bring them to life. Um, so he really wanted to accomplish this. He probably you know did some research. I mean, he he went to the lengths of kidnapping all these people. I mean, he fucked that up, but he did try. <laughs> yeah. He did um, create like a more involved plan than we see a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, very funny. And th- then they get in there. He tries, to, he's going to bring Fiona and cake to life and Marshall Lee and the whole everything. But instead of, br- when he, instead of bringing it, them all to life, that's in the book, it just brings the book to life. Yeah. <laughs> Which you kind of should have seen coming. <laughs> um, Given what we know about life giving Magus later on, it makes a lot more sense. Anything he touches just becomes animate. That's fun. I don't remember any of the other ones, the Magi. Uh, well, it's introduced with Finn's hat. Oh, I don't think I've seen that episode. The uh, little dude episode. Yeah, we haven't watched that yet. The only, we watched <clears throat> Crabapple Giuseppe. Um, thank you. And I tell <laughs> on order. And I remember seeing that guy and hearing Dana Stern being, "What the." fuck is this character yeah he's got to wear uh special oven mitts so it doesn't touch anything yeah and bring it to life oh my god super funny i mean the other memorable part of this episode is that nectar keeps referring to ice king as poppy yeah and ice king does not remember any of that in fact he thinks he's bimo <laughs> yeah yeah and doesn't realize until he needs bimo that he brought the wrong thing and he's like no who gives a shit about this thing now <laughs> We watched that episode, right, where he becomes the father. What is yeah. that episode again? Um, um, I'm season looking. one. What is life? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but he's, yeah. Yep, and became a son. That, what an insane, insane episode. Um, yeah. Um, did you see the snail? No, I did not see the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? No. Too crazy. 
Yeah, I was looking. I, didn't see I it. forgot to look, but I just got so taken up. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, if you're enjoying the episode, it's a little earlier than normal. Please uh, give us five stars on whatever podcast I'm listening to. Tell a friend. If you want to contribute to the podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash adventure guys podcast. Um, and yeah, send us an email. At Did you see the mail at gmail.com? Love to hear from you. Um, Miscellaneous Mania. Okay. So I thought this was going to be a completely Finless and Jakeless episode. Yeah. Uh, they do show up at the end, but apparently when the whole map or no, it's like the, the hieroglyphics in the, in the title card, you can see Finn and Jake. I didn't notice that. I may have looked away at the title card. I have it right here. You're saying you can see them in it? Oh, I see Jake. He's on the right side. And Finn's on the left side. Wait, where's Jake on the right side? Like, uh, one of these things? Next to tree trunks. Oh, yeah. Okay, I see it. I get it. That's fun. Um, Jesse Moynihan and Akko Casuera wrote and storyboarded. We're going to run our way through some Jesse, all the Jesse Moynihan's if we're not careful. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. He was one of the main storyboarders for a number of seasons. Mm-hmm. He did a lot more than Rebecca Sugar. Yeah, uh, we've and we've done a lot of Rebecca Sugar episodes. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so this is the first time Marshall Lee's mentioned by name in the series. So this is before the Marshall Lee episode. This is foreshadowing Marshall Lee. Uh, so the first Fiona and Cake episode might have just like showed marshall lee but like it, it wasn't like featuring donald glover yeah as marshall okay oh i like this they okay so i've said that tree trunks called lemon grab lemon lemon carbs by accident um but it's interesting is that she knows that there are two lemon grabs she says and one of the lemon carbs <laughs> that's that's a really good catch oh this is cool the episode, according to Jesse Moynihan, was inspired by the Cube film series. Now, there's a the film. The Cube. Play <laughs> that Cube theme song. <laughs> the Cube. Unravel the mystery. It's a conspiracy. It's the Cube. The Cube. <laughs> the fucking Cube. <laughs> Dude, you can see the cube today. I got my shorts on. <laughs> I wish the cube was lower. It bums me out. Okay. What is the cube? I got to see this movie. Did you know there's a movie called Cube? Uh, From 1997? Yeah. Holy shit. It rings a bell, but I, I couldn't tell you anything about it. I didn't know shit about this. Who's who's a bi? Who's it starring? Who's? I don't know any anybody. Looks Italian. Okay, what did he say? Italian moves are pretty fucked up. In which up. a group of people wake up in a maze not knowing how they got there. Every room in the maze has a trap and is connected to other doors. Yep, okay, that makes sense. All right, now we know about a Cube movie. 
kismet. I've been having a lot of those moments this week. Yeah. <laughs> you just encountering cubes in your day to day? No, I had. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. Um, oh, Jesse Monahan wrote about this on his blog. Yeah. Oh, is his blog um, opened up now? Does it say? What does it say about the temple and the lodge? If you if you send him an email, he'll send you a complimentary tarot deck in the next couple of weeks. Wait, should um, we do that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check that out. So I, I am a member of Jesse Moynihan's Patreon, but just recently, like a couple of days ago, he sent out a message saying that he was probably going to close the Patreon um, or like, or pivot to something different. He's, um, he's involved in two big projects right now. Oh wait, you can buy forming as a book. Uh, it's not complete. It's oh, okay. like, like the first two trades or essentially trade, whatever. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. Um, yeah, he's taking a break from forming right now, but, he, uh, one of the big projects was, I think it's called hungry ghost. Um, they just premiered a seven minute pilot, like short episode for cartoon network. Um, I don't know if it'll get picked up or not. And he's not too optimistic about it is what it seems because cartoon network is, part of this whole Warner discovery yeah. HBO fuckery that's going on. So it, it, it may or may not turn into a real show. Um, but he said he spent like the last year and a half working on this, this pilot. Um, and then he also has his own, uh, pilot that he's working on independently, which is Jesus two, I think. Oh yes. Um, this. yeah. And he's doing that under like his own animation studio that he's starting so uh he sent this message being like uh, patreon's probably not like working right now also like i do have this job with cartoon network for this other show so like i am making money uh like maybe like we'll pivot this whole thing over to like my own animation studio like to get like uh, some sort of like membership program started to fund that or whatever, rather than it being like a general Patreon. Um, so he's doing shit. Um, Which, all right, I'm going to join the Patreon before it's too late. Should I join this one? The temple? Sure. You're in. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know about if I know a lot about the tarot deck. I don't. Tarot is one of those things that I really want to spend some time like reading about. It seems just cool. Um, Yudorowski's, tarot thing yeah. like i i've been looking around for that book it feels like that's that's not the kind of book you want to order from amazon it's like the one you want to find at a cool little shop yeah uh, i haven't seen it yet cool i'll join this i'm joining his patreon right online live on air nick signs up for jesse Moynihan's patreon which yeah. may or may not last more than another month <laughs> yeah uh, well, here we go <laughs> um oh i'm confirming i'm in yes which is cool. There's also the um, Substack is like also. Have you been? Do you have follow any of those? No, I don't even really know what it is. Um, it's very close to Patreon, so I'll show it to you. Um, but it's it's basically like a newsletters. That's what I thought. Yeah. But people, the way people are using it is uh, like you can use it however you want. So you send out these these blasts, and like I guess uh, a lot of writers can be using it because like since the 
form of journalism is so fucked. Yeah, Aaron Carnes from In Defense of Sky has a Substack. That's the extent of what I know about it. Um, yeah, which is which is cool. I follow on Substack, which I may need to start paying more for. But a couple. Oh, here we go. I'm logging in so you can see what it is. Um, if you guys, by the way, um, follow any good um, Substacks or Patrons, like hit us at did you see the mail at gmail.com. Um, okay, here's so there's a few here. Are there any of these good? No. Theo Katzman. Um, wait, how do I get in? This is a bad. Um, here we go. Okay, so I follow a few people here. There's a Wolfpack one, Starship Casual. Oh, that's Jeff Tweedy from Wilco has one, and they'll just send out stuff. And if you pay Jeff Tweedy, he's sending out live stuff, demos, unfinished songs all through it. And mm. the one that I have that I actually am paying for is the white denim one because James had sent out the the gig that Sean was on. Um, and let me see if I can pull it up. Radio milk. Oh, what? Okay. Something's going on. We're like, this is all fucked. <laughs> I must be doing, I must have it through, um, my work email. Oh yeah. Cause that would make more sense. Cause that's what I'm in. But anyway, he's been, um, sending out demos and like live. He'll be like, here's like a song that, that the group made and never finished. He's like, here's a thing I made for, a, um, a soundtrack or it never came out or like a, for a commercial never came out. Like here's a song, a cover I made this week. And there's just like constant music coming to it, hmm. which is interesting, but it's like, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that it's like you're doing it through this thing. But what's cool is that for me is that I just live on email. So like I'll just get an email from it and then in the email it'll have to be a blog post with a piece of content. Um, so I kind of I kind of <clears throat> like that. Cool. I'm trying to see it. So you, I'm trying to log in so you can fucking see it. See, now this is already harder on my – it's like really made to be doing it in your email. Um um oh, look, this is some really good podcasting <laughs> <laughs> i should should i follow uh the indefensive scott one sure i finally listened to the chris farron episode oh yeah i didn't finish it ah here we go so i'm in here yeah so this is cool um so this is in the radio milk one and like he literally made like a full, like the one Sean, like the, the gig Sean was on is like a, and it has like multiple up here, which is like a, a hour, 40 minute concert that he fully mixed and uh, just, yeah. and just put on here. And then you'll just go on here and it'll be like, oh, what's this one? So and it'll be like a nice big blog post. And this is just, yeah. So this, this looks interesting. This is like a, 2005 like demo cassette demo collection oh this sounds like this sounds like uh 30 projectors but um it's it's i guess it's like another version of patreon really just run through your email yeah that's cool yeah i haven't updated my patreon in a while <laughs> i gotta go check out i haven't had consistent internet access. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I should share some, uh, I just recorded 
base for my whole album. I should share some of that on Dude, Patreon. Dude, perfect. I love that. Um, I think we're done with Miscellaneous Mania. <laughs> Are we? Were we going to say something about what Jesse Moynihan said about that episode? Oh, no. That, that, I didn't have a lot here. That's how we got fully off. It was just like, look yeah, at the episode. Yeah. Yeah, if if you're a member of the of his website and everything, there might be more information about about it. Because periodically, when he did those episodes, he would write on his website about you know all the behind the scenes stuff, and it was like the only place to find some of that information. Yeah. Cool. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about? I don't know. What are you What are you doing tonight? I've got a friend's birthday. <laughs> um, I'm down to talk. I just read through it and didn't <clears throat> see anything else. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go see Fatimara Diawara and then work LTJ Bukum. <laughs> Brooklyn Bowl. Brooklyn Bowl. Next week we have Seoshin. Holy shit. Yeah, wow. With Anthony Green. That'll be cool. <clears throat> Um, yeah. Um, dude, there was one thing I was gonna, or do I pick an episode? Oh, yeah, sure, we can do that. There's something else I wanna talk What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? It's the episode. 238. Reboot part two. Did we do that? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you did you just Google reboot part two? Yeah, <laughs> expecting it to be Adventure Time. Yeah, no. is this the BMO <laughs> one? Uh, we did preboot, right? Yeah. Did we do reboot? This is. I don't think we did reboot. <clears throat> is there two parts to it? Preboot was part one. Reboot's part two. I don't think we did reboot. You have a Susan. No, in the grass sword. I don't think we did this. Do you? Uh, this is is this Fern's appearance? Does preboot end with yeah with Fern yeah. showing up, and then reboot is like what the fuck is happening? No, he he debuts in uh, in this episode. In in reboot. Oh, the last shot of preboot isn't that of Fern. I don't know. According to here, Fern is debuted. In this episode. Then, then did we do reboot then? <laughs> Let's edit all this out. <laughs> <laughs> this is just going to be increasingly a larger part of our podcast no, just, is figuring out. If we, oh, we did do it. We okay. did it. <laughs> uh, okay. Spin again. Okay. God damn it. What are we going to watch next week? One eleven. Davy. I don't remember what that one is, but we haven't done it. Nope. <clears throat> Season five, episode seven. seven. Davy. So, th- so this is right before D- Mystery Dungeon. Right. So we j- we did this is our episode one twelve. Mm-hmm. So. Our episode one thirteen is going to be one eleven of the show. Oh really? Yeah. Wow, it's amazing. <laughs> so we're now. So we've now 
we're transitioning into a sequential order. <laughs> it is, however, reverse sequential order. Backwards. And it is only going to last for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're no longer a random <laughs> podcast. So good. <laughs> it's a big moment for us. <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, the other random thing I was going to bring up, this would have been the bullshit time, but um, was we played on the... Remember we played when uh, um, Haley Williams went on that big rant about like Warped Tour being misogynistic or whatever? Mm-hmm. We I meant we should have played the When We Were Young Festival one, but we played it from somewhere else and it wasn't as good, but it was still fun. Um, on my YouTube algorithm this week, no effects. Fat Mike is um, like doing the rounds. He, I guess, No Effects is ending, and they did their last tour, and he's opening some sort of punk rock museum. Yeah. So the punk rock NBA guy. Oh fuck that guy! <laughs> Do you know about him? I like have seen his content online and have like cursory viewed a couple um, videos, but it never seemed for me. So I've just sort of let it go. I, I don't know anything beyond that. He's like. He's like right wing. Oh, really? In like, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's a fucking idiot. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, but anyway, Fat Mike was in here and they talk about Haley Williams in it. And I like was like, oh, I want to see what his response is because I was like, Fat Mike is an idiot, but some has admitted to being wrong about things. So I was like, I want to see how he owns up to it. And his like, his, uh, his comments on it are just like, like so eye rolling and dumb and i think at the end of the day like potentially even more dumb and hurtful than they were in the first place because i guess i like missed this but apparently when she did all that at some point she talked about no effects saying it because he made some sort of lewd comment of her on stage when he was at warp tour he said something like really gross about Haley williams and, and he owns up to it in there that like he shouldn't have been saying that and the punk rock nba guy's like yeah like people were mad at her just for existing and you're going after her like you shouldn't have done it. he's like yeah but then he's also saying like i'm like ricky gervais you can't cancel someone for someone they said 15 years ago and then he was also saying like she had laughed at our jokes before and we've hung out and it's all it was all good until she says this and like she gets a lot of press out of it. Now I even missed that she even called them out by name and I couldn't really find it, but like, I guess she did. And it was like everywhere. And he said it really hurt her and he reached out to apologize like in person, but she didn't even want to talk to him, <laughs> which I was like, yeah, cool. But it's for press. And I was like, dude, I don't know. I found that just so dumb. And he was like, that's really weak. And like, he was like going after her for it and like kind of going after her. I was like, this is so dumb because like, first off, that's insinuating that Paramore needs to bash you to get press. Like, they literally just had like a... Paramore is a way bigger band than No Effects ever was. Ever was. <laughs> um, like, they're literally going out, like, playing two nights at Madison Square Garden next month. Like, they need to bash No Effects to get publicity. Like, what the fuck world are you living in, dude? They just had the number two album in the country. Like... A couple months ago, like, oh, yeah, we got to buy. You know what? We got to. He was like, the, the manager was definitely like, you need to bash no effects. Like, that's how we're going to get headlines. It's like not having the first number one song of your. Like, they just had a number one song at Alternative, the number two album in the country. Like, they're selling it. What world are you living in? And, like, and it's like, no, dude. Like, they're trying to talk about the ways in which Warp Tour was misogynistic and now it's grown. And, like, how they're a person i don't know i found it really dumb and then also like i i don't know that feels 
again, misogynistic to me that he thinks that they need to make fun of him in order to get headlines, right? Like he's still in the middle of the narrative Yeah. here. I don't know. I found it really dumb. Um, uh, these old punk rock guys. Yeah. We've talked about it before. Anyway, I watched that and I found it uh, stupid. And then he t- talks about the comments that he made and was like, they're funny. And it's like, not really. And it's also like, I don't, it's again, it's like, you can't cancel someone for something that said back then. It's like, dude, I don't know who's canceling. She's just saying that looking back on it now, that was completely unacceptable. And the, this, and like reflecting on the scene and how shitty it was. That's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> and also no one's doing anything to you. She's just, I don't know. So fucking stupid. I don't know. I, you know, it's dumb. Uh, and I don't, I was like, I'm just, I'm not into this. And, and I guess he's saying, he's like, you know, he's like, he's queer and they've always been for like LGBTQ people and like all this stuff. And I'm like, that doesn't excuse your behavior. I don't know. You could watch it. I was going to put it on, but I was like, this is going to piss me. This is going to piss us off. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, You're not no effects guy. I mean, I liked the music, yeah. <clears throat> you know, back, back when it was good, but, and they were edgy for a while. He also says in here that like, we just played one of like, it's our farewell show. And like, we practiced six times before going out. And the guy's like, what was it? Yeah. We've never, we would just usually never practice. He's like, and the promoter was like, this is the best you've ever been. And he's like, yeah, we're giving it a hundred percent instead of giving it 60% like we normally would. Mm-hmm. And cool. That's what it is. But like, I, I, th- am I supposed to be impressed by that? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you're talking about it. Like it's some sort of achievement. <laughs> I know. <sighs> Fucking old punk rock guys. I know. It's a weird species. I don't know. I just hope that as I get older, it, uh, inevitably, you are going to find yourself being outdated. And I hope at that, at which point you, I don't get defensive like this and go, <laughs> I was wrong and, and, and grow, you know, like it's going to happen. Everyone gets older and then eventually you say something and people are like, no, 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 no not like that anymore. And you go, Oh, okay. <laughs> and you have to just go, okay, I learned I was wrong. Um, and not get defensive about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm honestly surprised that, Fat Mike has lasted as long as he has. Yeah, they did. They did get really fucked and dropped from all those festivals and all that stuff after he was making fun of the shooting. Yeah. I mean, he's just always been an asshole. Yeah. Remember he kicked that one fan in the face at a show? Yeah. And he did that Cokie the Clown thing where he like made a bunch of people drink his piss or something. (sighs) I don't know. It's like, I don't know. The edgy kind of shit stirring thing is fun when you're like 15 and you're like, I can't believe someone did that. But then I grow up and it's just like, why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope that fat records becomes a little bit more forward looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, uh, it seems like they have some like cooler, newer bands, but they also still have like a lot of the old guard that's like, who fucking gives a shit? I don't even know what's going on in there right now. The, um, the, yeah, Escape from the Zoo mm. put out their, their 
first record on Fat last year, and it's fucking awesome. And they're such a cool band. Uh, we toured with them when I was playing in uh, Crazing the Brains last year. So cool. <clears throat> and from days and days. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, hope for growth for everyone. Anyway, that was just a little thing I found. Um, yeah, anything else to say before we adjourn? Uh, I feel like maybe there was things that we could have said, but I forget. We should get some guests on. Yes. We haven't had a guest in a while. We need it. I'm like pretty busy the next couple of weeks, which just means that I'll be like in Brooklyn uninterrupted. Not driving back to Long Island for a while after I do this thing tomorrow. It's my niece's dedication. Mm. Nice. <clears throat> I have to like drive to Long Island at like four in the morning after this late show is over <laughs> to be up for like nine in the morning for whatever this ceremony is. I don't know. <laughs> this is tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, good luck. <laughs> You're a godfather, right? Yep. I'm the godfather. Enjoy, man. Cool. Well, I hope everyone else has a good week um, or weekend whenever you listen to this. Um, thanks for listening. All right. Peace out, y'all. Bye.